Welcome back to the Canadian Gumball Behind the Vault Door. My name is Mark Morelli. I'll be your podcast host. Joining me tonight is my co-host, none other than Coach Nick Anderson. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> Coach, Coach, I wanted to talk to you about uh, something that came up today. Uh, bright and early this morning, I noticed a post uh, being offered up by one of my friends and former colleagues, uh, you know, who remain nameless. And it was a fantastic post, and it was a uh, it was a soldier, uh, you know, holding a rifle, uh, silhouette. Uh, with a Canadian flag in the background. And, and it said you basically have two choices uh, as a Canadian, uh, either be a victim or a criminal, which, which really, you know, you know, had an enormous impact when I looked at that and I thought about it. Because for years, I, I've had people, you know, asking me that question, you know, like, what, what's okay, what's not okay, you know, um, you know, if, if I was ever forced into a position where, you know, I shot an intruder, like, would I really be in trouble? Like, real, you know, what, what's the deal with Canadian law? And, you know, over the years as a police officer, I got asked that, certainly following the, uh, the end of my career. Uh, in law enforcement, uh, people continued to ask me that question, especially uh, as the Canadian gun vault. I get asked that question a lot, actually, you know, uh, whether or not I believe in it. Uh, you know, certainly here in Canada, we have a, a different system uh, of law than they do in the United States. We have uh, a very different, you know, constitution. We have our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Uh, you know, they have uh, very specifically outlined in their constitution the right to keep and bear arms and certainly the right to self-defense is ingrained in law. Uh, some states have, you know, castle law doctrine. You know, it's very clear uh, in some places in the United States that, you know, a, a foot set on somebody's property could result in you yeah getting, could result gets, in you yeah it gets a little it, it gets, gets very specific well you know like but i think when it comes to defend yourself and your in your property i think it kind of needs to be specific and and the, i mean i think we all as as canadians not just just not just gun owners but as canadians uh should be concerned when we either we have a choice of either being a victim or a criminal like well, well you, hold on a sec here. Yeah. You know, well, I, I, I think I'd like to explain this to people because all the time, you know, we, we've got new people coming into the podcast, listening in. I think it's really important uh, that, that our new listeners understand that, you know, Canada is very different from the United States. We've got a very different history. Uh, we certainly have a very different culture in, in many ways. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of similarities, uh, to be perfectly honest. I mean, a lot of people think that Canadians don't appreciate, like, or can even own guns. Uh, the truth is, is we're gun crazy uh if you look at the per capita uh you know ratios uh th there's a thin strip of people along the northern border of the united states that absolutely love their fucking guns like we really really do love our guns and uh it's it's become abundantly clear as time moves forward that you know gun owners here in canada uh, are, are absolutely gun nuts but but it, it is very different and and there are very uh, you know some in some ways very subtle differences and in some ways very large differences uh, in the laws in the United States you know they have a right to self defense and that is that is ingrained in law they they have certainly um, a lot of people are carrying firearms in a loaded state and are totally prepared to use them and if you find yourself uh, on the wrong property uh, perhaps doing something or engaging in activities that you shouldn't uh, you're asking to get your ass shot and and that's 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 the reality you know like i know florida florida's huge on self-defense or they were anyway um but but the idea that 
it. Texas too, I believe. Yeah, Texas, yeah. You know, like a man's home is, is his castle, and, you know, our person's home is their castle. Okay, relax. Their castle. This is not a liberal podcast. <laughs> I don't know. They're changing manholes to, like, maintenance yeah, cover. Maintenance too. covers now. But oh, I'm, try, I'm trying to adjust with the times. But, no, but, like, in the United States, it, you know, the, the idea that a stranger or a criminal or, or someone with some ill intent, uh, you know, that they would come onto your property and attempt to, to injure you, hurt you, uh, deprive you of something uh, without any color of right uh, could result, again, you know, in, in you getting, you know, badly hurt. Uh, you know, in the United States, this is something that, that's just really commonly accepted that, you know, you're, you're not going to be a victim. You're not going to be a criminal. And, and of course, if somebody who tries to deprive you of property or, you know, um, you know, carjack you, break into your house, you know, try and try and hurt you in some way, shape or form. In the United States, it's kind of understood that you have this this given right uh, to defend yourself, which which arguably, you know, I think is, is bang on. And we do have in Canadian law there. There is something reflected in our own laws. Like everybody's everybody's entitled to the right to uh, to live and to live happily and to, you know, to continue to live happily and pursue, you know, the things you want in life without somebody coming along and, and taking that away from you. Uh, but uh, but unlike the U.S., we, we don't have something specific that says that, you know, you're allowed to use like lethal our, force. Like much of our law, I think it, it, when it comes to self-defense, it's very great, open to interpretation. Well, but what I can tell you is this, is that from a from a law enforcement perspective, uh, if, if you show up at someone's house, and I mean, like, realistically, folks... Uh, let's let's paint the the most dire you know situation. If you've got someone that's broken into your home, has come up you know two flights of steps, and is is breaking into your bedroom, and, and uh, you know has a has a butcher knife in their hand, and you know you decide to access firearms and load firearms, and uh, you know even announce that you have firearms, you know call the police, and you do everything possible to avoid the situation. Uh, they back you into a corner, and you let them know that you're going to shoot them, and you you do you dis charge your firearm and you injure somebody or worse you you kill them uh you are going to be charged that's the reality of the situation uh law enforcement will not make that determination uh 99 times out of 100 they will uh, allow a crown to make that decision they'll allow a judge to make the determination whether or not you're you're uh in the right uh or not and so you are going to go through that process. You are going to be subject to, you know, a, a judicial review. You're going to be, you're going to be charged criminally and uh, put through the ringer. You're going to be subject to uh, lawyers' fees that are going to total in the tens of thousands at the very least. And, and commonly, it's you know sixty thousand dollars to you know beat any kind of charge that would to an average person be a no-brainer. Uh, perhaps that person should have never been charged in the first place. Like, what do you mean that they got charged? Like, I mean, that person was breaking down their bedroom door. So isn't that kind of contradictory to the to what law is in terms of innocent to proven guilty? Yeah. So it's guilty until proven innocent in this case? Well, you know, uh, as, as with many things, uh, as it relates to firearm ownership, certainly the onus always seems to fall squarely on the shoulders of the people that own them to demonstrate and prove that they, you know, they're they're able <laughs> to to have the firearms that they have and and in, in a case like that they're the ones that have to prove or demonstrate that they were in the right yeah it, it is a little bit ass backwards isn't it well it's contradictory 
Yeah, it doesn't seem fair, and it doesn't no, seem it right. Doesn't. It's uh, it, it it would it would actually cross into the realm of discriminatory if you if you ask me. Uh, you've got good people uh, that may find themselves in an unfortunate set of circumstances, uh, placed into dangerous situations through no fault of their own. And uh, see, this is the part that I don't understand: is, is how can there be any defense for someone that is trying to access your home at three thirty in the morning? How's there a defense for that? There's that there's nothing good that that can come of that. They're not doing it to be a good Samaritan. They're doing it for nefarious reasons. Well, I, I think. And I, how are you supposed to know that? You're supposed to have a conversation with this person first. Mm-hmm. Hey, are you here for good or for bad? No, obviously they're there for for negative reasons. And and in this day and age, when we see so many uh, horrible atrocities in the news, and you see so many so many events where good people are being injured, you think that there would be a greater level of understanding uh, for the homeowner that might find his, himself subject to an entry in the middle of the night. But but you're absolutely right. Like I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to start to engage in conversation. But I think what they're trying to avoid, and I'm not saying that I agree with it, because certainly uh, over the years I saw a lot lot of good people uh, and up in jail uh, and it was it was wrong you know in many, in many instances but uh, the idea that you're, you know you're going to be charged criminally you know for for defending your home your family uh, you know for for ensuring your own you know personal safety it, it never sat well with me to see people going through that process uh, knowing full well that perhaps they shouldn't have been subjected to it in the first place but i think i think what's going on here is is that the crowns and, and certainly the the judicial system is trying to avoid an american style culture where people uh, grow too um uh, accustomed to the idea of defending themselves with firearms. We're, we're seeing a bit of a shift. Uh, l- certainly in the last couple of years, we've seen yeah. some rulings by judges, yeah. uh, you know, certainly in the, the middle of the country to the uh, Midwest of the country. Well, there's one close to home here too, right? And there's one yeah. cl- close to home here too in Ontario. Uh, you know, we're seeing judges rule in favor of people using firearms to defend themselves. Well, uh, when, you, when you look at, I mean, let's look at it this way. We're, 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 Area-wise, Canada is bigger than the United States. Uh, in terms of population, we're one tenth. So, if you get someone that lives, in, so by by virtue of that, we have way more unsettled land. Yeah. Now that being said, think about northern Saskatchewan, northern Manitoba, northern anywhere. You're, you're out miles and nowhere. You're you're minutes, if not an hour more, from police service. For oh. police help from so what you know what you're you're in the middle of nowhere and somebody's out breaking in your barn and the police are 45 minutes away and oh, you, I, have, to, you I, have to sit and wait and, and 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 shake and be scared and and what are you supposed to do that that would be a conservative estimate for much of canada i i can tell you that you know traveling cross country and i'm looking forward to doing it again shortly uh i learned very quickly that you know RCMP detachments are you know few and far between in many instances and there's a lot of geographic space and that's not the RCMP's fault that's just the state of the way it is. Yeah. Oh no, no. You know, I would, I would never fault the front, the average frontline RCMP for not being able to get to a call. Uh, certainly, they're not, you know, able to teleport 
uh, to to different locations, and sometimes it actually means a two-hour drive. Uh, there, there, you know, there's some people out there that seem to believe that you know, oh, they'll show up two days later to take a report, and I I don't want to lose any more farm so- equipment. I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose my life. I'm not certainly going to wait for a police cleanup team. Uh, that that's that's the way it's being viewed in much of Canada. For the people that live in the metropolitan areas, you know, where police response times are measured in minutes, yeah. you have to understand that there's a lot of Canada. And when I say a lot, I mean most of Canada. Like Southern, Southern Ontario compared to rural Alberta or rural Saskatchewan is, is night and day. Oh yeah, absolutely. Night and day. Absolutely, but I mean, if if you live if you live in say Toronto, and someone's banging on your door in the middle of the night uh, trying to access your home, you know you can call the police, and and chances are they're going to be there uh, within four minutes. You know, you, they're going to dispatch the call. They're going to have a response time about two and a half minutes. You know, and then they're they're going to travel from uh, a beat area that might not be much larger than you know a, a few large city blocks, and, and they're going to get there relatively quickly. Whereas, if you can imagine, for all the people listening that that do live in those metropolitan areas, that you instead now live in an area where you're going to be waiting hours. And if you've ever been in a really stressful situation, a scary situation, and you you really only have yourself to rely on uh, when it comes to your own personal protection, your family's personal protection, when you're when you're the last stop, and and you know that help is hours away, and there's really nothing that can be done about that. That's just purely a function of you know the numbers. Uh, then then you got to start to think about things from that perspective. Uh, you know, if you lived out in rural Saskatchewan or you know somewhere out in Manitoba, or if you're you're living in the mountains, you know, British Columbia, and you know that it's going to be a good hour. And you've got someone uh, armed or, uh, you know, seemingly very dangerous, you know, banging down your door. Uh, a firearm can offer a lot of comfort. And, and that's something and that's something that I think that anybody would uh, admit to that owns one, uh, that, that having a firearm can be uh, both a blessing and a curse in an instance like that, because it may well sa- save your life. And there's a lot of instances, uh, proven instances and statistics uh, that that demonstrate clearly that firearms save a lot of lives. And, and podcast Brian and I have talked about this yeah, quite a bit. We don't see those in the media, though. No, they, they right? won't. They won't. They won't talk about that. No. Uh, they 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 don't want to discuss that. Certainly, that doesn't sell newspapers, and it, it doesn't meet the narrative. But I mean, firearms do save lives. That's that's the reality, and that's that's the entire premise behind police carrying guns. If you think the guns are bad, no, you know what? We we trust good people, screened people, vetted people, trained people, people like police people like the military carry guns to protect other people uh there are a lot of good canadians that would meet those standards meet that criteria that do own firearms and and there's really no reason why those people shouldn't be allowed to uh in the event that they're ever placed in those types of situations be able to defend themselves without having to be subject to you know really a horrible penalty i'd be i'd be curious to know uh what ralph goodell would say when asked the question, like, what, do we, what are you supposed to do if you live in one of those very rural communities and response times are 45 minutes, what are you supposed to do if someone's supposed to break in into your house? I'd be really curious about what his answer is. Well, her, well her, I'd be really curious to but what his answer is with respect to, uh, you know, maybe maybe there, that someone's breaking in that house and, and, and um, that that elderly single female is there or that... that 
a wife with two children whose who's, who's husband has gone out of town on business and gets raped in her own bed and can't defend herself. Yeah. What, Ralph, what are you gonna? What's what's your response gonna be to her? Well, Call I, the police. I, I can I can I can tell you that that Harper uh, made the mistake once of of commenting on the subject, saying that the response times of the police uh, offer little comfort to people living in rural areas, and and that the uh, solution perhaps could be found in private firearm ownership. He made he made some reference to that at one point, and was and was immediately punished uh, by the media and by his opposition uh, for doing that. It's not a very popular topic. I'll, I'll, I'll be slammed from all sides for even having this podcast, I'm sure, because, you know, uh, there's the Americans that think it's a God-given right. And, and and you know what? Quite frankly, I think if somebody's trying to kill you, you do have a right to defend yourself. You can worry about it all later. I really do believe that. Uh, if somebody is, well, gen- if you can genuinely justify it, if you, if you really believe, and I mean, police have to go through this every time they engage in a lethal encounter where they use, you know, uh, force in their firearms. Uh, if you can justify you know, dropping the hammer on somebody in a court of law, and, and, and I mean, you feel good uh, on a moral level about doing it because you really had no choice. Um, you know, if if you can do that, you know, I really do believe that it's okay to defend yourself. If if you genuinely have a fear for your your personal safety, if you think that someone's attempting to end your life or hurt hurt you so badly uh, that you may never recover that everybody has the right to defend themselves with a firearm or otherwise. I mean, I, if, if the firearm is the best tool that you happen to have at the time and you know how to use it, uh, certainly there's a lot of a lot of countries and a lot of cultures that, uh, you know, feel quite comfortable with the idea of using firearms to defend themselves. Uh, you know, the United States being the flagship player in that in that ballpark. Uh, but, but Canadians have access to firearms, always have. And, you know, we're, again, you know, we're a quiet culture of firearms. We are. We are. We are. And, and in that respect, this is a, this is a, a subject that, that, like I said, repetitively comes up. And, uh, and, I've been, and I've been at both ends of the spectrum. I mean, I, I can tell you right now, I don't want to see uh, Canada become what the U.S. is. It, it's very different. Again, it has a very different history and a different culture. But I, I don't want to see it become the wild, wild west. So anybody would, that would paint me up to be the guy that would be attempting to promote people walking around with loaded guns. I always tell people, if we ever reach the point where we need to, then things have gotten really out of hand. I don't know if I would agree with the wild, wild west comment. Just well, because of the fact of, of something we mentioned earlier in the podcast, whereas the 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 the, the crimes committed with guns and people being killed by guns is all versus defending life. Oh no no, I, yeah, right. I'm, so it's, it's <clears throat> you know you have to look at that too, right? Like you have to you have to balance that out. There's I would say there's ju- there's just as many um, uh, instances where. Uh, a firearm is used to to prevent further loss of life or to f- defend life and defend self and family and, and property and et cetera, et cetera, that, you know, it just doesn't get the airtime and doesn't get the media play. No, no. And, and, and you know, just just for clarification, all, all I was saying uh, was that some people might paint me up to be that guy that wants to see it become that wild, wild west that some people would characterize the U.S. as. I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that that's the case. I think oh. that, I think that you know, uh, there, it's been proven that uh, concealed carry in the U.S. Uh, you know, has has a direct impact on reducing crime. Uh, they, the statistics are there, folks. Uh, it's undeniable. Nobody wants to talk about it in the media, but the truth is, is that you know, as concealed carry permits go up. 
uh, violent crime seems to go down. And in the areas where we have gun-free zones, gun-free zone, and, and we have that. and we have we have areas areas and in, in states that have the strictest gun laws, uh, they seem to have the worst problems involving crime. So no, no what what I'm saying is is that. Uh, you know, for the people out there that would characterize me as wanting to see it become the wild, wild west, not that, a, that's, no, some, not that's, that's, that's not the case at all. Uh, but, but I have, and, and I, I, I like to play the devil's advocate. I mean, I, I think though that again, there can be a system in place that qualifies people to carry firearms. Uh, certainly, uh, Interpol uh, weighed into the conversation at one point. I, I know that there's several countries in Europe that have offered up the uh, practical solution of armed citizens as a response to uh, terrorism. You know, they, you've got some countries stepping forward saying that the, the best way uh, to arm uh, a population uh, against terrorism or to uh, sh- you know guard against terrorism is to make sure that the terrorists never know where uh, the yep. response is coming from. So, I mean, there, there are countries out there that seem to be getting it. Uh, I know that Brazil, who, who's had some horribly strict gun laws, is starting to relax them now. Kind of like concealed carry. You don't know who's got it, right? Yeah, well, that well, that's the idea. You yep. know, uh, some states have the open carry. Other states have the concealed carry. And the idea some is, is yeah, some have both. Uh, the idea is, is that, you know, if if you have people carrying guns that are qualified, trained, and are obviously, um, you know, willing to use them in the United States, uh, that you never know, you know, who might respond, you know, in that fashion. So everybody's going to be just a little bit more civilized. Yeah. You know, that's one thing. I don't know if they now, because every state has different type of gun laws. Is there, are there mandatory courses you must take to conceal carry? I, I, or, I, or some states, just like as long as you apply and you, you have the proper um, proper documentation, you know, and you meet all the requirements, it's I, I, scary. I, be, I believe every every state that offers concealed carry uh, permits. I, I, I believe I believe that there's going to be a course. I like to think that there's a course. I I, I, think, I don't know. I, I mean, and that's something I would advocate for here if they ever thought of it. That, it's like they're, you know, I mean, the the, the system's already in place to. To, to certify people to get their gun license. I mean, we've already got the, those people trained to do that. I mean, the, the, the infrastructure is there to, to I think, uh, um, offer uh, the ability, well, develop, you know, whatever the curriculum is going to be, and then and then the, the people already there that, that could offer that. Yeah, and, and, and again, you know, not necessarily something that I would like to see. Uh, I think that it's possible, and, and I, and I want to make that abundantly clear. Uh, it's not that I think it's wrong, but I, I've always kind of believed that uh, you know, if you if if there's not a need for it, uh, you know, certainly a lot of people enjoy firearms recreationally. Uh, there are there are a lot of people I think that would like to carry firearms that perhaps um, don't understand the burden that comes oh, with absolutely. it. The, absolutely, the, you know the the responsibility that comes yeah. along with you know carrying a loaded firearm. And that's I, why I, the training needs to be there. right? Well, the forces you know, need to be there. Well, beyond, beyond those types of things, I think I think there has to be intense screening. I think oh, yeah. that there should be a psychological evaluation yep. I think that there, there there should have to be references I mean you'd have to be a pretty upstanding citizen I can't see and I've talked about this with Brian I mean I mean if we can't allow uh police officers that are off duty to carry their firearms like that's that's the which, single that's the which single I don't understand well I, I I can tell you I can tell you it screams volumes about the trust levels uh, that the government has actually in its own employees uh, if you can't if you can't allow police officers you could effectively quadruple 
uh, a police force and the response uh, to any kind of, of violence. Do you think maybe the police unions might have something to say about that? Because now there's, if you have... If you have your firearm off duty, is, is there now an obligation? Well, you know, with with the times with the times changing, uh, I don't know a single police officer out there, at least none of the people I worked with, that wouldn't respond uh, to to you know an act of violence. Uh, you know, if they needed to, uh, off duty and and respond with whatever they force. They call it the sheepdog mentality, right? Yeah, you know what? Like I I really I really do believe though that you know Brian was onto something when he uh, spoke about that. You know, but you could literally, you know, you've got. You basically got four shifts in Hamilton working at any given time, and yet, you know, three of them are off at, at any given time. Those people, those people could be in possession of their firearms and able to respond to any kind of event that would demand that kind of response um, if they would just be allowed to carry their guns off duty, which is something that is totally possible uh, with permission from the the chief and from the administrative staff. So, so the fact that they won't allow that doesn't doesn't really bode well for the idea that that you know. Joe Public would be able to carry a loaded firearm, uh, you know, while he's wandering around, you know, the city streets. It's something that they don't want. And, and, and certainly it's an idea that they're very uh, resistant to. Uh, and, and, you know, a part of me sees it. I, I mean, I, I've, been, I've been at both ends of the spectrum. There's a lot of people out there, you know, in the city of Hamilton that I worked for and loved for, you know, 20 years that I wouldn't want uh, to have access to firearms. Mind you, you know, not a lot of them would be uh, qualified or would qualify for, for legal ownership. But uh, I, I could tell you that, you know, I, like I, I've been shot at. You know, people don't people don't realize that I uh, I traveled into the U.S. and I, I, I love telling this story. I, I found myself uh, broken down. Well, broken down. I ran out of gas. <laughs> That's the truth. I ran out of gas. Yeah. I ran out of gas. I was I was rolling around Daytona and I found myself on the outskirts of the city during Bike Week. Daytona. Da- right. Yeah. I went, okay. I, I, yeah. Now the so, picture come, becomes a little bit. Yeah. You know, one day one day I'm gonna have to tell you guys the whole story. I tell you that was that was bar none, and I've lived a pretty wild life. That was bar none the wildest night of my life. But but anyway, I the, the long and the short of it is, is I ran out of gas, <clears throat> and I uh, I saw I saw in the distance you know some lights in, in a wooded area that was a home, and I pushed my motorcycle as close as I could to it, and then I, I knocked on the door, and uh, you know I could see I could see a bit of light, and it was a, a rural type area that I was in. Um, you know, New Smyrna. If you guys have ever been out out that way, Smyrna, Georgia. Smyr- no, no, no. New Smyrna, Florida. New Smyrna, Florida. And uh, you know, it's it's not it's not suburbia. Like it's it's out there in, in wooded areas. Uh, these little back roads. I found myself on, and and I knocked on this door, this this old screen door, and I thought maybe I might be able to score myself a little bit of gas, just enough to get back onto the highway. And uh, of course, um, I, I, a woman. Uh, I could hear a woman's voice, uh, you know, responded to my knocking on the door and, and, and she was yelling immediately, get away from my door. And, and I, I was as polite as I could ever be. I had my hands up in front of me. There wasn't a lot of light, but I could see, you know, um, at the back of the house, uh, a bit of light, I guess, was I, this woman's bedroom, I suppose. And I was just knocking on the door lightly. And I said, ma'am, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I've run out of gas. Could I trouble you? You know, and, and she said, get away from my door. And, and of course, I, I saw her come out uh, in, into the light. <clears throat> and I thought she had a broom in her hand. <laughs> I thought I really did, you know. I, I, I thought going to clean up a little right, bit. Well, well, you know, like I, I could tell it was I could tell it was an older woman, and and you know, she she uh, certainly 
She certainly uh, sounded like she meant business when she said, get away from my door. Uh, the, the, the last time she said it, uh, you know, I, I would probably describe it uh, as akin to a, a pissed off rattlesnake. And, and I started to step away from the door. You know, again, I'm, I'm standing underneath a porch light, uh, completely backlit. And I could see this woman coming towards the door. And as she passes by uh, a, a small lamp, I realize that she's holding a shotgun. And and that's when it got you know shit got real. I I realized <laughs> she she was lowering that thing. Uh, <laughs> she was lowering that thing. She started off you know with it at the high ready, and she was starting to level it off. And she was coming towards the door, and I and I could she was charging at that door like a rhinoceros. She was wearing like a muumu, and uh, she was a, she was a big woman, and she was drawn down. And to she she, she arch with I well you know what I ran. I, I ran uh, down down the uh, the drive uh, towards my motorcycle uh, into the dark and I ran at full clip and uh, the I, well, when I heard it I couldn't believe it but uh, if I didn't think I could run faster I ran faster when I heard the boom and I I heard the shot whiz over my head this woman had fired uh, blindly into the dark. <laughs> and 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 it went it went over my head sounded like maybe a couple of feet and and I I, I remember thinking to myself feet don't fail me now <laughs> and I I got to my motorcycle I looked back and she was still uh, standing on her porch and I pushed the motorcycle might as well have had gas for as quick wow. as it was moving because I I pushed that thing I pushed that thing pretty fast down the road. And of course, uh, a very short time later, I got myself arrested uh, because she called the police saying there was an intruder, and I, I got tackled and uh, <clears throat> smacked around a little bit before the boys realized what was going on. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, but they, they they thought they were dealing with um, you know a break-in enter artist and and and, and a burglar. Uh, more importantly, and they threw me on the hood of a car. Uh, I didn't. I, it, it was it was a crazy night. I'm I'm really looking forward to doing a whole podcast on. That that one but oh. but ultimately to come back to where we we started here uh the truth is is that you know uh firearm ownership is, is an enormous responsibility uh certainly using firearms to defend yourself is is an enormous responsibility that comes with uh you know very serious consequences uh, if you decide to act in a fashion that results in somebody getting injured or worse um you know and, and it's not something that should be taken lightly and uh, the time the time the time that i you know was exposed to you know my, my close encounter with you know 2a uh, wasn't necessarily a good one in florida I still, I still do believe, though, that uh, firmly that every person has the right to defend themselves and, and their home. Uh, I, I really wish she would, you know, listened uh, maybe a little more before she opened up on me. But well, <laughs> I, I think, I, I think concealed carry here in Canada is pretty much wishful thinking at this point right now. But it'd be, it would be nice to see something or or or, or the beginning of something. Um, for lack of a better phrase, like the castle law in the United States, uh, at, at the very least, that we can defend ourselves in our own home. In our own homes, I, you know, I think that that's fair. I think that that's, I don't think that's too much to ask. I think if somebody's breaking you know, into, your, uh, I think if somebody's breaking your house, that, that that's reasonable. Uh, yeah, if someone's breaking, your, especially now with, I mean, it was kind of different, and I don't mean the the sound this to sound sexist, but we got so many single parent homes now. Yeah. Um, more so than any time before. Uh, you know, you had the nuclear family in the past. You had the male in the home, and 
you know, you had, you had a, a, and I think that does act a deterrent, as a deterrent sometimes, whether people want to admit to it or not. Um, but with so many single parent homes now and so many more single parent female homes, like, holy geez, like you, you got to be able, regardless, you got to be able to defend yourself. Yeah. You know it, what I mean? Like for, even for, there's a lot of single parent homes out there that are, that are male single parents that have kids. They need to be able to defend those kids. Well, I can, I can tell you that I can tell you that the police take it very seriously when somebody tries to break into your home. I, and, and you know, uh, for for the people that you know, just to put it into perspective, I, I can tell you that uh, most entries, ninety five percent of entries, uh, if not more, occur during the daytime when people are not home because uh, intruders like that are not interested in confronting in case people. The neighborhood. They, well, well, no, no, but, but but people don't. People, a lot of people, I don't think understand this, is that they break in through side doors and back mm -hmm. doors, never mm -hmm. front doors, mm -hmm. and and that you know certainly having dogs and security systems helps, but uh, the the average. Is the average B&E artist will try and break into your house when you're not around. Uh, they, they're not looking for confrontations. That's when that's when people get hurt. Uh, and certainly, you know, they're 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 cowards. Uh, they're looking to steal property. And uh, most people are not breaking into your home in an effort to try and injure you. Uh, they, they, the last thing they want is to confront somebody because there's a lot of people, uh, certainly in the city of Hamilton, that will hand you your ass. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're if you're breaking into their homes. But uh, in in some rare instances, as a police officer, the years uh, we would encounter people trying to break into homes at nighttime and when you actually encounter a real burglar or a serial burglar you know uh, prowling by night and and breaking into people's homes at night the police take that shit very very seriously because they know it's an accident waiting to happen both for the burglar and for the residents uh you know it, it's it's a it's a cocktail for disaster and it's it's the kind of thing that warrants an immediate response from the police that's very severe and and in my 20 years of policing you you never saw uh, the mobilization of troops uh, the way you would if you knew that an area was being victimized in that fashion. If there was somebody that was breaking into people's houses at night, uh, the police would stomp that shit out immediately. Yeah. It was very, it would come right down from the chief. We will not tolerate, nor will we see that kind of risk uh, to the public safety. Find him, find them. You know, uh, we're going to resolve this immediately. So I, I think I think that police understand that. And my friend who, uh, you know, initiated this uh, this post this morning and, uh, you know, brought about this entire conversation, uh, he obviously has some strong feelings on the subject of, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, we should have some choice other than being a criminal or a victim. And and I, I think that a lot of people need to understand that there's a lot of law enforcement frontliners that, that truly believe that it's wrong uh, that people are getting charged uh, for defending their homes and their families using firearms and that things, that things need to be changed and that the system is in fact broken that, it, that defending your home with a firearm should not automatically mean that you're going to be penalized in the tens of thousands of dollars and uh, you know people people suffer horrible losses the marriages that end the the people that go bankrupt I mean even at the end of it all if you're proven to be innocent uh, you might be left in, in complete uh, you know turmoil uh, financially you know left destitute you know because nobody covers the expense you don't you don't get you don't get to sue anybody for you know the losses you incur uh, as a result of defending yourself in court so you lose sixty thousand dollars you know a lot of people just plea out and they just say okay well we'll throw out the case uh, you give up your guns and <laughs> we call it a day and, and that's and that's how they get you you know uh, but it's only recently that things have begun it's 
seems to change here in Canada. And I'm, I'm, I'm really actually digging the fact that it, it, some judges seem to be appreciating the fact that police response times are not perhaps what they, they should be and that people do have a right uh, to defend themselves uh, with a firearm or otherwise. And, and that's, uh, that's actually very, um, uh, very much something that uh, I, I think is encouraging. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's not, but again, it, it, we're comparing rural Canada to Southern Ontario. Yeah. Where it's, it's more conservative where those, where the majority of those cases, uh, just happened versus Southern Ontario, which the closer you get to Toronto, the more liberal you get. Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception being of that one in, you know, our backyard, was it last year? Yeah. That, that gentleman was acquitted. Yep. Um, which was it was I have to say I, I'm not gonna lie I was a little bit surprised that he was acqui- that he was acquitted for that. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, and, and, and without being there and without you know knowing exactly what happened, it's really difficult to, to pass oh, judgment. Oh, on anybody. absolutely, it is without knowing all the facts. Well, what, what, once once upon a time, if you engaged in the use of a, a firearm to defend yourself, chances are you were either going to jail or you were going to be left a complete mess. Either way, it never worked out well for you. It was it was interesting to see um, three or four cases back to back where people were acquitted. Well, yeah, it was like within yeah. like a year and a half yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, it was quite it was quite compressed together yeah. that they all that the, all those um, issues occurred I guess right so but well we'll have to see what happens you know I mean it, I, I, again our only it's not going to happen under the liberal government that no. we know that yeah. that's a foregone conclusion um, there is there a chance under the conservative government who knows but I, I think if anything were ever going to happen it would be from a conservative government yeah. uh, in the foreseeable future so I mean you know kind of kind of comes back to here, you know, October, do your talking, right? That's right. And for all the people out there that are hopeful, you know, baby steps. I always tell yep. people, don't expect change overnight. Yep. If, if you buy into what Max Bernier is selling and that he's going to roll back the laws overnight, I mean, it's just a pipe dream, folks. I mean, the truth is, is that it's not possible. Uh, there, there's just too, there's just too much that needs to happen, and it will happen slowly over an extended period of time. And uh, that's uh, that's a bit of, again, like I said, a pipe dream uh, to think that uh, we're going to be out there doing some of the things that are suggested. Uh, now, one other thing I wanted to talk about, because I think this is a, this is a good one that's uh, recently come up, and mm. the, the people at AIM Firearms Outdoors uh, have come up with a contest. I just saw that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, they're 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 running one they're of run- my favorite shotguns. Yeah, they're, they're running they're running a little contest. Uh, you know, you're uh, <clears throat> gonna get a complimentary raffle ticket. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, are you, can you now? Can you? Is that something you can give a little more detail about here? Do they have? Yeah. To, no. You know. They, do they have to contact Aim directly or Aim Firearms? Enter. They do. Aim, Aim Aim Firearms and Outdoors in Bradford, Ontario, uh, has decided. That we got to get down there. Yeah. We were supposed know, to get down there this I, week. Well, you know, we, we got, had something come up. And we can, <laughs> actually, it's going to be something coming, coming up. Coming out. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sooner than later. Ow. Well, you're lucky I'm having a good day. One of these days, folks. I'm going to tell you what happened. Yeah, that got we'll me just, sidetracked this week. We'll save that for we'll a not that's, very that, that's, podcast. Yeah, that's another story altogether. <laughs> but but aim aim firearms and outdoors uh, is is running this contest, and the, the contest prize is going to be an 
actual genuine Benelli M4. Such a sweet gun. I really, really, Such a I sweet know, gun. I know. Even I'm getting in on this one. Uh, so I guess uh, what they're going to be suggesting people do is they buy these uh, really nice uh, Gerber Gerber knives uh, that they have. Uh, they're, uh, I believe, about $49. And you'll be receiving one complimentary ticket. Yeah, one complimentary ticket with uh, each purchase. Well, it's an opportunity to win a $2,000 shotgun. And, and how so, many tickets are available? 84? Oh, and, there's, oh, and there's only 84 tickets available now. Actually, you know what? It, only 84 tickets available now, but I'm willing to bet very shortly because I see you getting on your phone <laughs> that there's going to be only 83 tickets available <laughs> in, in just a few moments. But it, there, there's only going to be 85 tickets sold uh, for this event. Uh, the quicker the tickets get sold, the faster that they're going to hand out this $2,000 plus uh, Italian-made shotgun, but I think everybody out there that wants a decent knife uh, can appreciate the quality that comes along with a Gerber I've product. Had, I've had a chance to handle. I like the knife. It's a nice. Yeah, knife. it's a good. It's a good knife. It's a good everyday carry. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's what not, it's it, not something you'd want to. Uh, let's say, you know, have your life depend on because yep. it does, but it's a good carry knife because it does have a, have a lock. It's got, it's got that. So it doesn't come open in your pocket. It's got, it's got that safety and it's got that lock on it. And, and, it, but it, it's, it's, it's really, it's really a solid little blade. I, yeah. uh, if you know, it, it, it comes sharp as all. Yeah. Out. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got a hold of mine, but, uh, they're Aim, gonna... I'm still waiting for mine, by I, the way. You know what? <laughs> you just get, saying, just say, well, get, get a ticket i'm sure they'll mail it to you with the ticket in the mail yeah. <laughs> but an opportunity to own a benelli m4 uh is is definitely on the horizon very shortly uh they've they've already made the announcement we put a couple of posts up on the page yeah, they that tell, was just tonight they, yeah they actually they, they've already told me the tickets are going fast uh i want to see everybody that has ever wanted to own a benelli m4 uh get in on this uh for the uh, low low price of buying yourself a knife and right. just to be clear, you need to you need to DM Aim Outdoors or contact them directly to get the ticket. Yeah, well, you, right? you know, what? I well, I want to mention that really, really quickly. What what inspired this whole thing and it really uh, pissed me off was I guess they had a, a service provider uh, for their um, yeah, that's yeah kind of weird, for their eh? for their web, no, not really. Liberal, you know, they voted for Trudeau. You know what? I, I don't know. They're, they they're, voted for Trudeau. Their their service their service provider for their website suddenly had a change in policy that wouldn't endorse the sale of. Of firearms or accessories and didn't inform them. It didn't inform them and suddenly shut them off. So their website got turned off, and and of course they've gone out now and they they've uh, procured uh, another server and the yeah. website's going to be up again shortly. But but while they're going through this, they decided that they were going to give away this uh, amazing shotgun that you can see in John Wick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, like it's, a, it's a really, it's a really cool unit. If you've ever used one, folks, and I have, they're awesome. Uh, but, but like, I mean, not everybody can afford a, you know, $2,200 shotgun. Which we're hoping next week that the, uh, with the trigger wholesale, that the uh, they'll be getting those M4 clones. Clones, yeah. I mean, apparently they got some. They we, got some clones coming in. Yeah. We were up there this week, and and apparently they're getting a big shipment they're, in next week, and hopefully we'll be getting some some new toys out to yeah, test drive. I, I, and, well, and well, you know, what, it'd be I, nice if that clone was on the shipment. Mark, make oh, it happen, please. I, you know, I, 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 I've I've actually seen some of the clones that are out there. There, there are some good ones out there. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm expecting big things from the trigger wholesale clones that are coming. And well, I mean, you know, we we've had the opportunity to to uh, 
um, fire a lot of their merchandise that's come through and everything's, I mean, and, and that's not just us. Take us out of the equation. All the guys that we've, all the people that we've let shoot whatever product it was, I mean, I, I can't remember anybody that didn't have fun, didn't have a smile on their face and, and didn't like what it was. Yeah, they're, br- they're bringing anything in some, we slapped in somebody's hand, right? They're, they're bringing they're bringing in some real cool stuff. I like. I mean, I'm. I'm and I'm, these are coming. That's coming from guys that own. They're owning Craigoffs. Yeah, I know. Right? I, I know. I know. It's 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 amazing. It's amazing. Like to a see. guy owns a Craigoff. Yeah. He, that little over under that we had two weeks ago up at the Hamilton Club. What the laser the laser arms XL twenty yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Chubby Senior. Yeah, Chubby Senior. And, <laughs> and buddy, his Craigoff sitting in the rack, and he is loving shooting trap and yeah. skiing with that thing. And is complimenting uh, positively on the fit and finish yeah. of that gun. Yeah, you know what? Really, uh, when when for six hundred dollars, I think. Yeah, you know when 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 you when you get out to some of these gun clubs and there are guys shooting, you know, Browning Satori's and they're shooting, you know, like eight thousand, ten thousand dollars. There's some guns. pretty expensive guns so some in pretty, those racks. There's some pretty expensive guns in those racks, and you get and you get somebody like that saying, you know, the metal to wood contact is like really good. Like there's no gaps. Like I mean. Wood's good, looks good, solid metal, you know, fit, finish. Yeah, I'm liking this. Yeah, how much is this? Yeah. And like to see yeah. to see some of these older guys like snap snap up to these guns and say not bad. And and for the price, you can't beat them. Uh, really, uh, Trigger Wholesale has brought in some amazing products, and uh, we're certainly enjoying them. I've I've always maintained, uh, folks, that you know I'm I'm not going to promote anything I don't like, and it's certainly nothing that I don't believe in. Uh, they're bringing in some really great stuff, and they're going to be bringing in those uh, M4 clones yeah, shortly. So coming in next yeah. week with on that shipment yeah yeah but but back to the uh, genuine article at aim firearms and outdoors yep. uh they're they're going to be running this contest uh like i said not everybody can afford a 2200 uh actual italian benelli m4 but you're going to have an opportunity to uh, win one and i'm i'm looking forward to uh, seeing what the draw yields uh it, it probably won't be that long from the sounds of things before all the tickets are sold there's only 85 Eight, tickets being sold 85 yeah. 85 now now 80 83 uh, because I know you've committed to this as well <laughs> and we're we're both going to get in on this one and uh, again you know you'll be buying yourself a nice knife and uh, along with that knife comes uh, one complimentary ticket to enter into the draw and uh, I was really pleased uh, to hear when they got shut down or their website got shut down by the server that their response was to give away a gun I really I like that I like that they would fight that the is, power like that, that. Yeah, hey you know what like, awesome. can't keep good men down I, I, right. you know what I I, I I really did feel that you know um, the, these kids had, had you know stepped stepped up to the plate and smacked one out of the park with that kind of response to being stepped on by uh, you know the the website people that shut them down. Well, just I mean they're just trying to you know kind of I, I guess understand that some people might be inconvenienced and yeah hey let's try to do something. You know, to kind of generate some interest and get back everybody back on board again. Yeah, right? no, you know the guys at AIM—they're uh, new, they're fresh-faced, uh, but uh, you can see that they're working hard to try and uh, make they a go are. of it in this industry. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm supportive of anybody like that. So, you know, folks, if you uh, want to check them out on uh, on Instagram, uh, you can find uh, their web uh, web page uh, through their site. Should be uh, up and running by this Tuesday. I'm probably going to release this podcast by the weekend, so you should be able to see something by the beginning to midweek. And one thing before we go. What's that? I'm putting this out to all the listeners. What's and, that? And, and this is to Dave, because I'm hoping Dave will post this one on YouTube. Oh, God, I'm nervous. No, no, don't be. <laughs> what? Don't be nervous what? at all. I do? want people to, to chime in and, and post a response to, to, hopefully, if this goes up on YouTube, you always end 
you always end the podcast how? With a certain phrase. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm I I would like to see that phrase on the back of, of the next set of t-shirts. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. Who would like to see Shoot straight. Shoot straight, say safe. Shoot straight, say safe. On the safe, on the safe. back on the back. We had Proud Canadian, they did really well. We had the tribute to law enforcement, first responders, that did really well. Support blue. Support blue. And, but ever since you've been doing podcasts, it's always been shoot straight, stay, stay safe. safe. Who would like to see that? Don't forget, get off my lawn. Right? The, 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 all the get off my lawn. But that was a limited gone. edition. This it is, was, this yeah. Is, this is every podcast. All right. That's got, who would like to see it? I think that should go on the back of a t-shirt. I think it would sell like gangbusters. All right. Well, let's So see. I just set you up. All right. <laughs> fine, fine. All right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Coach Nick, thank you so much for being with me here Always tonight. Always a pleasure. Thanks very much. I'm loving the summer. We got to get some more of these done. Absolutely. And we got to get out soon, too. Absolutely. Folks, uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and on Instagram. Thank you so much for all your support. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight. Stay safe.